The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying as to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? In reply, he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? He said to them, Do not exhort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the shaft he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaims the good news to the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the words of today's epistle, may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, how our hearts and minds need to be guarded by the peace of God this week. My heart is wilted and my mind is a muddle. I feel that anything we say about what happened in Connecticut on Friday is difficult and inadequate and hollow in the face of unspeakable pain. Until Friday evening, I had planned to talk with you today about John the Baptist, about him calling the crowd who had come to be baptized a brood of vipers. And how offensive that is to us. And then something unspeakably more offensive happened. And here we are, gathered for worship and trying to make sense of this violence and loss together. In the aftermath of the violence, in the midst of great national mourning, the one part of today's gospel that keeps tugging at me is a line that is repeated three times. When John the Baptist told the people that they were misguided, lost, 
on the wrong track. They asked him, what should we do? Today, I ask the same question. What should we do? A few hours before I heard the news on Friday, I was speaking with a group of mothers about how hard it is to bear the pain when we see or hear of children suffering. We spoke of how essential it is that we bear the weight of suffering together so that no one person drowns in it alone and at a loss. We spoke of the depth of love that is discovered when one loves a child and of the accompanying vulnerability. We spoke of God who bears the love and vulnerability with us and for us. We spoke of the Mary we meet in Advent as a mother who bore love, vulnerability, and great pain. Mary who bore God, who lost her son too early. God who bore our pain, God who grieves with us, we who bear each other's suffering, we who can only bear suffering by leaning on God and one another. I came home from having this conversation, and I opened my computer and was attacked by a story I did not know how to bear. Twenty children? How can this be? What should I do? The only thing I can do is turn to that which I know of our incarnate God, of my knowing that Christ is with us, bearing our pain, that we do not bear it alone. It is Advent, and we are preparing for Christ to come. Two weeks ago, we read of the Incarnate One coming again. Last week, we heard Tony speak of preparing the way for the Incarnate One. This week, John the Baptist tells us that the Incarnate One will come with great power. And next week, we will hear about Mary making a space within her for the Incarnate One. The Incarnate One, Christ is a God incarnate so that God could come and bear the unbearable gift and burden of life with us. What can we do then other than to follow Christ's lead and bear this current pain with one another? We are called to love our neighbor and to love God, and perhaps the action of love is in the shared holding of all that we encounter. No one who mourns the life of a child can hold that grief alone. It is too much. Perhaps we are called to share the load in whatever way we can, by weeping, by praying, by having faith in God's presence when others are too wounded to have that faith on their own. 
Perhaps we are called to hold a bit of someone else's struggle when they no longer can. Perhaps we are called to help someone find a healing moment of laughter in the midst of too much sorrow. Perhaps we are called to meet the basic needs for food, transportation, childcare, or housekeeping when someone in our midst is hurting too much to get the basics under control for themselves. Perhaps we are called to let someone else in to help us bear the pain and suffering that knocks us off our feet. Perhaps we are called to simply try to discern God within the chaos that has torn us open. Our first reading today had a very poignant line in it. At that time, I will bring you home at the time when I gather you. God bears our pain with us by bringing us home, gathering us in to God's self. This is not to imply for a moment that God ordains the awful things that happen. Rather that when awful things happen, God is present. Bearing our pain with us by gathering us in. What should we do? Perhaps it is enough to help each other to see and know a God who gathers us in. Who ultimately brings us home. Perhaps in times of communal distress, it is all the more important that we have done the work we need to do to clean up our own lives. As Tony said last week, we clean them up to take away all that stands between us and God, all that stands between us and each other. We do not clean them up to make them perfect, but to make them places of hospitality. Our lives, cleaned up, can be houses of rest and healing for others. Mary Oliver wrote a poem that has been a focus of my Advent this year, entitled, Preparing the House for the Lord. I almost decided not to read it today, because it is a little light and playful, and because my heart is so heavy But there's something in it that I need to hear anyway. And perhaps we all need something that's a little bit light and playful. In this poem, I hear us asking how to prepare our lives for Christ. How do we bear all there is to bear in life? And I hear a glimmer of an answer that we prepare by doing what we can with what we have so that our invitation to God is clear. And so that others feel welcomed into the presence that we create as well. Welcomed in to bear life together. This is the poem. Dear Lord, I have swept and I have washed, but still nothing is as shiny as it should be for you. Under the sink, for example, is an uproar of mice. It is the season of their many children. What shall I do? And under the eaves and through the walls, the squirrels have gnawed their ragged entrances. But it is the season when they need shelter. So what shall I do? 
and the raccoon limps into the kitchen and opens the cupboard while the dog snores. The cat hugs the pillow. What shall I do? Beautiful is the new snow falling in the yard, and the fox, who is staring boldly up the path to the door. (laughs) And still I believe you will come, Lord. You will. When I speak to the fox, the sparrow, the lost dog, the shivering sea goose, know that really I am speaking to you whenever I say, as I do all morning and afternoon, come in. Come in. May we continuously invite God to come into our lives, to help us to bear all that there is to bear. May we open ourselves to one another, even when that opening seems to make our houses messier. May we ask, what shall we do? And listen for the incarnate one to answer us, through his example. May we, in the words of today's epistle, find the strength and faith to rejoice in the Lord and to know that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And may the children and adults who were lost on Friday rest in peace in the arms of a God who has gathered them in and taken them home. Amen.